On January 28th and 29th, Jessica Cottis will lead the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra in a couple of concerts featuring Jesse Montgomery's Sturm, Stravinsky's Circus Polka, Kurt Weill's The Seven Deadly Sins with soprano Lindsay Kesselman, and Ravel's Piano Concerto in G with guest pianist Stuart Goodyear. Cottis originally hails from Australia, and she studied organ with Marie-Claire Alain in Paris and conducting with Colin Meadors and Sir Colin Davis at the Royal Academy of Music. She's been working with orchestras around the world, uh, particularly in Europe, for a number of years now. In fact, she is talking to me from Finland today. So, Jessica, thank you for, uh, for joining us for Piedmont Arts today. Big pleasure. I guess we can start with the program and some of the music on the program, which I know you had a hand in choosing. And it's uh, it all looks pretty 20th century to me, maybe one 21st century piece. <laughs> well, we were discussing how to program this concert. And one of the works that came to my mind was Kurt Weill's The Seven Deadly Sins. It's actually one of my favorite pieces of the last century, actually. But I was thinking about it and, and in terms of how one programs, that if we were going to have that as the main piece, then, then what, what is it about this repertoire that, that can link into, into other pieces? You know, it was written in, I guess, we could call it the anxious age of the 1930s. Uh, it's a piece that really fizzes with energy. And if we think that Weil had been labeled degenerate uh, by the Nazis, he'd left Germany for Paris and begun this work. And I think it's a fascinating story. It's very theatrical and actually it's often done uh, in theatres and opera houses. It's this kind of smart, scathing, uh, witty narrative, I guess, on the perils of capitalist ambitions. And it's set in this imaginary, fantastical version of the United States and tells this story of a young woman called Anna who's been sent out into the world to make money by her greedy exploitative family and and during her travels she visits seven cities and in each city she discovers a deadly sin in each one whilst other composers of the early 20th century sought many of them sought to create uh, ever more complex and dissonant challenging scores Kurt Weill had this uncanny ability to parody both popular and traditional music. So The Seven Deadly Sins brings in um, a series of waltzes, tuneful waltzes, there's foxtrots and tangos, there's a church chorale sung by a male quartet, there's a barbershop quartet, there's also circus music. Super colorful, very sardonic, quite suave. If it were a cocktail, it would probably be some kind of dry martini with an olive popped in there. <laughs> Now, where do we go? So we've got this as the main piece on the program. What else can I program with it? Programming is such a fascinating art because by combining certain pieces with others, I really think we can open our ears in, in new ways. So whatever starts a program can set our minds and our hearts and our ears to be open to what might come next and maybe draw our interest in a particular manner, in a, in a kind of narrative, in a way, a kind of oral narrative. I was thinking about the vial and, and the circus element, actually, and it led me to think of Stravinsky's Circus Polka, which is a quite infrequently performed work, but it's continuing this theme. Again, very witty, quite tongue-in-cheek. 
And I think it's probably the only piece of classical music that has been written for elephants. Um, <laughs> it was actually written for 50 elephants from the Barnum and Bailey Circus. Um, so where do we go from there? I mean, you know, it, it's Ravel seemed like the obvious choice. And the concerto in this program is Ravel's Piano Concerto in G Major, which was uh, written at a very similar time to the Kurt Weill. Ravel said himself that he wasn't aiming to be profound, but actually to entertain and in the manner of, as he said, Mozart and Sanson. And there are other influences, um, Basque folk music, jazz, especially in the first, uh, first movement, those solo pyrotechnics. In fact, I'm really excited. We've got um, Stuart Gugier uh, playing solo piano for that. And then, you know, music is a living art form. It's like if we go to an art gallery, it's wonderful to see Rubens and Rothko and Matisse and Tintoretto, you know, all of these fantastic uh, painters. But what about contemporary art? And I feel very much the same with uh, music as well. And so I have programmed fantastic piece um, by Jesse Montgomery called Strum. And well, what, what's the title? It refers to this guitar-like plucking of string instruments. Um, and it's very much influenced by dance and physical movement and, and American folk idioms as well. These kind of uh, layers of uh, rhythms and ostinato patterns that weave in and out well, it was originally written in 2006 as a string quartet and more recently has been uh, fleshed out a bit more for string orchestra. So was this going to be one of the first performances of it, do you think, for the orchestra? For Charlotte Symphony Orchestra, I would think so. I've programmed it a few times myself uh, in the UK. Actually, um, I did it recently at the Inescu Festival in uh, Bucharest as well. It's being performed um, increasingly more, but I, I think it will be a piece that uh, our audiences, well, I hope, I think it will be a piece that they really enjoy. Almost impossible to stay seated and not, not jump up and, and move a bit to it. I'd like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about some of the work that you do outside of conducting. I know that you've, you do a lot of work with younger people, um, organizations that help to spread classical music around to to folks what are some of those activities and, and and groups that you work with yeah well in the last couple of years um i've worked quite extensively as a as a mentor and a coach uh for emerging female conductors providing opportunities and developmental uh workshops for example at the royal opera house in london really um enabling uh, either young musicians or emerging conductors the opportunities to have podium time because so much of what we do as conductors is we obviously must be brilliant at our own instrument and there's so much work which is study which is kind of archaeological in a way when we read scores and we get into the depths of the score that's done at a desk but so much of it is is about what I would call flying hours, the time on the actual podium working with mu live musicians who provide that feedback and uh, allow us to communicate musically through our body language and, and through our uh, conducting technique and our arms. So yeah, it's setting up programs and uh, possibilities for a number of uh, really brilliant uh, young emerging 
conductors. And beyond that, also looking to find ways to encourage the dissemination of classical music to very young audiences because, and, and this is something quite personal for me, but I was really fortunate enough to come into contact with classical music even before I could talk through my mother, who was a very fine pianist. And as a child, it was just such a balm. It was such a, a world to escape to in terms of emotions and to be able to use music almost as a, as, as a different language. And um, so, yes, I'm very involved with uh, various organizations, uh, youth orchestras, um, Sistema programs, outreach programs and broadcasting and television programs as well here in the UK and back in my birth country, Australia, to, to really open up the possibilities for young people to feel excited uh, by classical music because it is, it's just so visceral and there's such an incredible scope of possibilities. I'm super passionate about this. That everyone should, can have the possibility to explore this, this wealth of um, amazing music. What, what do you think the state of that music dissemination is right now um, in the communities where you've worked? When you go in, is there, are you sort of just a few people trying to do this or yes i i think it's it's very varied depending on where it is but so much of it has to do with education doesn't it what what are the possibilities uh for young people to engage with music and and whether that's singing or playing percussion or playing in an orchestra or playing electric guitar any of these possibilities and and these seem to be more and more scarce so it's so important I think for us as classical musicians uh, orchestras that we have to stand by what we believe in and that's everything we can do as organizations and and also you know really encouraging those who have a big say in education that actually music really is crucial it is one of the important aspects of a, of a young person's education for so, for so many reasons, artistic, but also these elements of learning how to listen, understanding what it is to listen to the world around us and to those uh, other people around us and also communicating in, in different ways and interacting beyond just language. Uh, it, I think it, it's almost a philosophy of, of existing as a human, which is, which is so important. Yeah, and you're right. You you do see a lot of places cut there first. It yeah. seems like when they have to make yeah. those decisions. Yeah, for me that's that's short-sighted. I don't know what awareness you have of of the Charlotte Symphonies programs or anything, but they do have a youth orchestra, which is fantastic. And and these kind of programs, of course, um, can be so influential uh, to young people. We never know as musicians just when we might light a spark inside a young person's mind or, or heart. I, actually, I, I was conducting some concerts at the Royal Albert Hall uh, in December uh, last year, and I had a letter um, from the mother of a seven-year-old girl. And the mother wrote to me and said, well, my, my daughter really wanted to uh, write to you. And she said how much she loved the concert. And she was so fascinated watching 
how the orchestra played and how I conducted them. And they, they later walked home past the Royal College of Music and her daughter said to her, you know, mummy, I think I might like to be a conductor like Jessica when I grow up. And, and her mum said, well, that, that's, that's fantastic. I think that's a brilliant idea. You know, maybe we need to get you learning music first. <laughs> but it was this seed set in this seven-year-old's mind. And, you know, she'd, she'd been picking up chopsticks at home and, and waving along to whatever had come, uh, whatever had been played on the radio. We just never know. There's so much scope. We, we, I think it's so important we hold on to that. Well, I wish you well in, in your endeavors to to spread the gospel of classical music. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also uh, with your concerts that are coming up with the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra. We'll look forward to thank having you. you in the community in a few days, I guess. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks. It's been great. We've been talking to conductor Jessica Cottis, who will be guest conducting with the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra. And you're listening to Piedmont Arts, which is made possible by Quo Vadis and Ortho Carolina. <laughs>